This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, another day, another uh, impeachable offense by Joe Biden. Um, You know what that means? You know what that means? Uh, Time to indict Donald Trump (laughs) again. And I'm not kidding. We got at least one, maybe two or three impeachable offenses by the Biden crime family. And we have a grand jury meeting in Washington, D.C. today. They may vote to indict uh, Trump on more charges related to January 6th. It never ends, and it's not even subtle. They're not even trying to be subtle. Uh, we can get to that, and uh, uh, we'll get to the uh, the impeachable offenses, which include Hunter Biden's finger paintings, which you're not going to believe how much one woman paid for Hunter's doodles, Hunter's drug-induced doodles. Again, they're not even subtle. They have this, this drug-addled moron finger paint something, And then they get some uh, high-powered Democrat to to pay a half a million bucks to launder the money, and then they do favors for that Democrat. That used to be, that used to qualify as a big, big scandal. But today with Joe Biden, there's just so many scandals. It's just one, just one of many. It gets lost in the shuffle, but we'll get to that. We have another member of the uh, Biden family lashing out, hurting people, biting people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we will tell you about Commander Biden, what he's been up to. As one uh, Secret Service member anonymously said, I think to a business insider, they said, if this were anyone else's dog, it would be put down instantly because it is just a menace. But it's the Biden's dog. Well, it's not really the Biden's dog. It's the Biden's prop, the Biden's prop dog, which, I, you know what this means? He's been acting out, so he might not get a stocking this year. He might, they might not hang a stocking for commander. Of course, they won't hang one for, for Navy, Navy Joan either. But uh, we have an all-timer from Corinne Jean-Pierre. Boy, it's amazing she, could, she can hold up under the duress, under the grilling she gets from the mainstream media every day. And is there a bigger lie? I mean, a more obvious lie. I guess, you know, I never had sexual relations with that woman would qualify. But Joe Biden saying he never talked business with Hunter. I talked about this a few years ago. I mean, he flew on Air Force Two when he was vice president to China with Hunter, like 15 hours. And after that, he claimed he never talked business with his son. So wouldn't you wonder why your son was on the trip? (laughs) Wouldn't you wonder, like, what are you going to do while I'm in Beijing negotiating? Uh, Hunter Biden went along with, for the trip and, and Joe Biden wants us to believe he never talked to Hunter about what he was doing there. That was just the most obvious lie. And he just kept repeating it. We got a montage uh, from Tom Elliott that is just priceless. Barack Obama uh, is going to need a new chef. This story is sad. This is heartbreaking. This guy had two young twin boys. His chef drowned while paddle boarding. I got some questions about this. I'm a... Uh, I'm a prolific paddleboarder. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, Ironhead, but I, uh, I, I, I paddleboard, and uh, I've never even come close to drowning. It seems like there's some uh, unanswered questions we must explore. We will get to it, I promise. But the big story to me, to, and the thing that set me off this morning, was this, I, I, I hate nothing more 
that when the media just gets together and, and in one voice just tells a blatant, bold-faced lie about one of their enemies, God knows they do it about Donald Trump all the time. But this, this genuinely pisses me off. If you haven't heard, uh, one of the big stories this week is this lie that Democrats and the media are telling about the curriculum in Florida schools. If you haven't heard, they have decided that Ron DeSantis, who, by the way, is not even involved with this, Ron DeSantis uh, has uh, imposed a curriculum on middle school students that claims that slavery had benefits for slaves, that slaves in some way benefited from their experiences as, as slaves. Now, you would immediately, if you had any, any uh, healthy skepticism, you'd say that can't be true. And you would be right. It is not true. But it is a talking point, and it is a talking point for the millions of brain-dead morons who will vote in 2024. Sadly, we still allow brain-dead morons to vote. I I think we should uh, pass a constitutional amendment and not allow these idiots, people that think Kamala Harris is competent, you know, those people. Uh, But this is just a lie, and it's a campaign lie. It's one of those things that they just say, yeah, let's pluck this out of the story. Let's let's package it. Let's send it up the flagpole and see what happens. They know, in fact, somebody tweeted this this morning. It was really smart. They tweeted that this is the process that we go through every time there's a, an election, that, um, that, the, that the Democrats come up with a lie about the Republicans. They share it with their friends in the media. The media run with it. And uh, somehow it gains traction. The best example of this would be the view. It doesn't matter how dumb the talking point or how big the lie is. The the view will go with it. The view will uh, propagate it. And uh, I guess you're talking about the biggest dummies out there. The view would be the best example. Just brain dead airhead people who sadly vote and opine and talk about political issues. Yes, this is from Stephen Miller this morning. Uh, He writes, this is how it works. Number one, the media lies about the curriculum in Florida. The White House reacts, runs with the lie. Then the media then says there is a backlash. And then the media calls the thing they created a controversy. So they, with their partners in the White House, in the Democrat Party, make up this lie. And it's designed to smear DeSantis, to paint DeSantis as a racist, because he wants, as we know, he doesn't want them to say gay. You can't say gay in Florida. That's that was one of the that that was perhaps the best example of this. They called it the don't say gay law. It didn't even mention the word gay in the law. It did not say you couldn't say gay. And still you hear Democrats and media people say, oh, you can't say gay. Who was which one of those idiots was it on The View who said, was it Navarro said she was going to go down to Florida, roll down her window and yell gay, gay while she was driving around. And everyone fake laughed and pretended that was real, a real witty point she was making. But it was all made up. There was nothing in the law. uh, and, And it forced DeSantis to try to explain it. He had to take questions. His campaign had to take questions on the lie propagated by the Democrats in the media. This one is even more insidious. It really is. This is a year long course curriculum for this course on a a history course. And I believe if I have this correct, there's one paragraph. Here's the paragraph. I'm setting this up. I'm going to set up 
and then we'll get to Kamala's lies and then we'll get to the reaction. And then we will get to this smear, this smear campaign against Greg Gutfeld, which is a new low for people in the media. It really is despicable what they're saying about Gutfeld. Uh, But we'll get to that. Here's the paragraph in the curriculum. Quote, instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Period. That's it. In a year-long course designed by by a couple of African-American academics. Um, This is, first of all, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that paragraph? Does that sound provocative? Does that sound like, ooh, slaves had a good, they got it, they had it made when they were slaves. They they learned things, valuable things. Um, I don't even see the real outrage just focusing on that one paragraph. Forget that it's one paragraph in a year-long curriculum and designed by a couple of really smart African-American scholars. Even CNN, by the way, this guy Scott Jennings on CNN, I couldn't believe this went off and called Kamala Harris a lie, a liar. But from that, from that one graph, they developed this strategy, this attack on DeSantis, on Republicans, on the state of Florida, which is their favorite target, making up things about Florida. Do we have Kamala's reaction to this? She went down to Florida and um, obviously she doesn't prepare for anything. We've gone over this before. She's not only the dumbest, she's the laziest vice president. She doesn't read her briefings, she, she's lost like half her staff because they get frustrated. They prepare her for these big moments and she doesn't do it, doesn't do the work, doesn't read the, the notes, doesn't read the, the briefings. This is another example of that. She doesn't care that she's taken this quote out of context. She doesn't care that she's making up this lie about the state of Florida. She knows it'll work with her brain dead base and it gives her a chance to do the old preachy thing where she stands up and waves her arms and screams about this outrage, which is completely manufactured. Let's listen to this idiot. I think she was down in Florida when she did this, correct? Indianapolis. Uh, she was in Indianapolis. She also went to Florida. She's on the campaign trail while Joe, you know, hides in the basement or in Delaware. She's out on the campaign trail and listen to this. It, and it, now that you know, now that you know, it's a complete lie. This is like a performance. She's dumb, but she's not so dumb to think this is actually true. She does not care. She knows the media will protect her. They'll advance this lie. They'll run with it and it will resonate with certain people. Listen, we got to remember slave owner family slave owners in the state of Florida they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery they insult us in an attempt to gaslight us and we will not stand for it they want to replace history with this part is uh, from Florida okay good lies how is it that anyone could suggest that in the midst of these atrocities that there was any benefit to being subjected to this level of dehumanization. That's what I wanted. As, as, as we talked about the other day or yesterday, uh, in the, the, I, I believe the reference, and we'll get to the guy, Dr. William Allen, a brilliant guy uh, who's refuting Kamala Harris's accusations, but they talk about things like they learned whatever, to be a blacksmith or to be a farmer or a carpenter. They learned English. And when they were freed, 
then they went into these, these lines of work. And it's not like no one ever said they enjoyed it. No one ever said it was like a jobs program. They're just stating a fact period. It's not supposed to be provocative. It's just, here's what happened. This slave, because he was a slave was forced to learn how to be a blacksmith. And then when he was freed, he became a blacksmith. So what again, one paragraph in a year long curriculum about American history, that's it. Um, and, and that's all it took. I wonder now these we're, we're looking at the panel at the view and they're all morons. They're all just idiots, but some of them are smart enough to know that this is a, a lie. This whole thing is a lie designed to get you to play along, designed to get you to parrot these, these talking points from our, from our vice president, who as Ironhead points out, comes from a long, long line of uh, slavehold, uh, slave owners, slave traders. Um, but, don't don't want to get I'm not blaming her I don't blame people for things their great 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 grandparents did but what do we got here from these uh these this, clucking hens on the view this is the uh clip you referred to a few minutes ago of Navarro talking about uh, don't say gay bill like she knows what oh, she's talking about you know what we don't we don't have to do that we'll get you know what they will provide trust me on this on this topic on the curriculum in Florida they will provide I want to get to Dr. William Allen the uh, the scholar, the academic, who I believe in part developed this curriculum. Now compare that idiot vice president waving her arms and screaming about they want kids to think that there were benefits to being a slave. Compare that person to this. And I, I as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, wouldn't the country be better off if Dr. William Allen, I don't even know, maybe he's got a history, he's got a checkered history, maybe he's got bodies buried in his basement, but this guy's really smart, he's honest, and I know he's old and he's male, but if you had to have a, a person of color as your vice president, the country would be so much better off if we had Dr. William Allen and not Kamala Harris. Listen to this guy, at least in part, explain what's really going on. Go ahead. It is the case that Africa's proved resourceful, resilient, and adaptive, and were able to develop skills and aptitudes which served to their benefit, both while enslaved and after enslavement. And, and I mean, that, that's all. That's it. That's it. He, he, he developed this curriculum, and he's explaining it. said, yeah, it's true. They developed skills. So what? Who said they... You know, had a good time. It's just such a, I mean, this, I, this stuff just drives me crazy. It's just, they know they're lying. We know they're lying. They know that we know they're lying and they do it anyway. Why? Because they're all on the same team. As we explained the process, they lie. The media claims that uh, the media runs with it. Then when the Republicans respond or DeSantis responds or, you know, Greg Gutfeld, they say, Oh, there's a backlash and they're defensive and they're pouncing. And it's just, it's just a game. It's just a game. They know it's not true. They know it's just completely made up and fabricated, but you watch, I think this is going to get worse or bigger before it goes away. There'll be more people like the view, like the MSNBC, Joy Reid, I'm sure. Go ahead. Look, look, look for Joy Reid. I guarantee you last night she started saying that in Florida, they're teaching people that the slaves had a great time. They loved being slaves. It was all fun and games. Guaranteed. She ran with this and lied and gaslighted just like her, uh, her friend uh, Kamala Harris. But uh, here's the, here's the 
uh, the real, I mean, obviously that's bad. The DeSantis, they clip, by the way, they, uh, I, I saw a clip uh, segment on CBS this morning. They clipped DeSantis just saying one thing. He goes, I had nothing to do with that. And then they went after him and said, oh, he's, uh, he's uh, deflecting. He's running. He's hiding. He didn't, you think the governor developed a middle school curriculum in his state? You think he spends a lot of time going over lesson plans for 12-year-olds? No, of course not. They know that. They don't care. Anyway, so they, they discussed this on The Five on Fox. And it was a pretty good discussion. I saw it live and I said, you know, that's not bad. It was a little, uh, a little, little tension in the air. It's, the show is not nearly as good without Geraldo. When you have Jessica Tarloff or the total bore, Harold Ford Jr. Geraldo used to be the loose cannon. I enjoyed his fights with Greg Gutfeld. They genuinely hated each other. They still do. Um, but uh, Jessica Tarloff started talking about it, whatever, and, and attacking it and, and lying about it and claiming that they said, oh, there were real benefits to being a slave. They, you know, they, real, they really, it really helped them, helped them on their career path. And uh, she gets called out by Gutfeld. I want to play this. And I saw it and I said, great point by Gutfeld. The fallout from this, the backlash, is one of the most despicable things I've seen from the media. Not everybody in the media, but a few people. It's, it's incredible what they try to do, how they try to twist this to uh, attack Gutfeld, who's a very you know, big star and he's a big influence and the big conservative influencer. Let's play it, and then I will tell you what these scumbags said about Gutfeld afterwards. Go ahead. Do you think that she read the whole thing and just decided to cherry-pick something? I, I do think that she read the whole thing, and I think that it's an incredibly complex piece. When you look at 191 passages, you have some good, and, and frankly, I'm just fundamentally uncomfortable with the sentence that blacks benefited at all from this. And... I, you know, it made me think as someone, obviously I'm not black, but I'm Jewish. Would someone say about the Holocaust, for instance, that there were some benefits for Jews, right? While they were hanging out in concentration camps, you learned a strong work ethic, right? Maybe you learned a new skill. Did you ever you read Man's Search for Meaning? Vic Frankel talks about how you had to survive in a concentration yeah. camp by having skills. You had to be useful. Utility. Utility okay. kept you but alive. we're also talking about middle schoolers here. And there's a lot of concern about what age people are prepared to understand complex issues. I'm not sure that 12 is the right age to start hearing oh, things that, that, like. What, what, what and, and when you hold it right there, he was quoting all, a book. I want to get, get sidetracked, but this is a person who yeah. thinks it's okay to have like how-to manuals for anal sex for you know seven-year-olds <laughs> in Florida. This is a person who is dead set against banning any book, you know, queer theory or any any book for kids. You want to get those out of your schools, your libraries. You're a fascist. That would be the Jessica Tarloff position. And now she says, I'm not sure 12 year olds can handle a lesson plan about slavery or the Holocaust. Right here is uh, right here is Victor's Victor Frankel's Victor Frankel's man's search for meaning. I was reading it this morning. Gutfeld is 100 percent correct. There was nothing uh, again, nothing provocative about what he said. He said survival in the concentration camp was about utility, usefulness. Hell, uh, uh, Schindler's List, half the movie is about how what they had to do to survive in a concentration camp. The famous scene where the guy's making the little like belt buckles or little hinges. He's a hinges. 
and the evil, you know, the evil commandant of, the, of, the, of, of Auschwitz comes in and uh, wants to see how he did it. And he makes a, a hinge uh, really quickly. And then he looks in the bucket and says, if you're so good at it, why, have you, why there's only three today? You've been working out here for three hours. And he takes him out to shoot him. The gun doesn't go off. So he just beats him. But the whole movie's about useful. They, they show women who take their own blood and rub it on their cheeks so they will look healthier and they will survive. They, they, I mean, they, they show them what they have to do. They have to prove their value, their usefulness, or they'll be shot or gassed. What is wrong with that? Uh, Tarloff had no response. That's why she pivoted to, I think the kids are too young, but he makes a great point. It's what you, what does it take to survive? And you learn a skill or you prove your usefulness. Maybe you survive. Maybe you don't. Victor Frankl wrote about it. Anyway, I didn't think it was that provocative. I thought it was a smart point. I think, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's disgusting to think about, but if you were no use to them, I was just, you know, reading about people, if they appeared sickly at all, if they appeared weak, uh, they, they died, they killed them. They only wanted people who were useful. That's tough. Maybe you're right. Maybe 12 year olds aren't old enough to handle that. But Gutfeld was just stating a fact, and he was referring to one of the most famous books, uh, you know, perhaps the second most famous account of life in the concentration camps behind Night by L.A. Wiesel. But check this out. You, you know, we talk about despicable. Bill Kristol, formerly uh, a conservative, big uh, warmonger, big neocon, Bush supporter. Now he's this crazy liberal who does nothing but attack conservatives. Here's what he writes in response to what you just heard from Greg Gutfeld. He says, everyone else at Fox fine is fine with Gutfeld suggesting Jews sent to concentration camps could survive by being useful. How many of his fellow panelists show up tomorrow to sit next to him? What? So, so his fellow panelists should not show up to work because he said, read Victor Frankl. I mean, honestly, you have to, Pick your spots. You can hate Gutfeld, hate Fox, but you really think that's a reason to boycott? We got this guy, Tristan Snell. He's got 440,000 followers, MSC, MSNBC contributor, a lawyer. He writes, this is, a, this is the actual tweet from yesterday. Fox News' Greg Gutfeld just said that the Holocaust wasn't all bad for Jews because those with skills and utility survived. This must be the end. It must stop now. How much longer can any company advertise with Fox News ever again? That is as low as it gets. Now, I'm certainly not one for censorship or regulating misinformation or disinformation. But next time you hear one of those clowns talk about disinformation, how about they're on, on MSNBC? How about one of their contributors, Tristan Snell, lying, flat out lying, and not lying by saying, you know, Whatever, Gutfeld's, you know, you don't like him because whatever, he's lying by saying he said the Holocaust wasn't all bad for Jews. We just pledged you the whole cut. He said nothing of the sort. And you can just lie like that and use it to lead a boycott of the network. Next tweet. Okay, fam, let's roll. Let's get a comprehensive list of all Fox News advertisers as of the present moment. I'll combine a list and share. So he wants to boycott, to put out of business Fox News because of what you just heard from Craig Gutfeld. 
this is a new low. These people are just disgusting, despicable liars that the, the Holocaust wasn't that bad. Oh, I just can't stand these people. It's just so, again, you, you could whatever, disagree and say, well, they didn't care if you were useful. They shot you anyway. They gassed you anyway. You can refute the point, but you want to put the network out of business because of what Gutfeld just said. That, that just, it's just mind-blowing, the lying, the gaslighting. The, the, and, and no one will defend it, other, you know, other than people like me or people on Twitter who will, will, will uh, refute what, what Bill Crystal said. But they won't go on MSNBC and say, and our contributor went a little overboard when he, when he lied about Gutfeld, what Gutfeld said. And, and if he'll lie about this, something we could see with our own eyes and hear, what else is he lying about? What else? on MSNBC is just completely made up for political purposes. These are just uh, people like that drive me crazy. Not only does he want that they want got the other panelists to boycott the show. They want advertisers to boycott the network. So they don't want, you know, balance of nature to advertise because he said people who are in the, in concentration camps were trying to be useful or utility show their utility so that they wouldn't be gassed. How is that anti-Semitic? <laughs> like these people are just lying scumbags. Every one of them, lying, scummy, lying, weasel scumbags. That's all they are. But all right. Speaking of lying scumbags, we'll get to uh, Joe Biden's uh, latest scandal. This is a this is a good one. This is the. I mean, you know, you know, what's amazing about the Biden scandals. They they think they're being, I don't know, evasive, and they're just so in your face. It, it involves Hunter Biden's finger paintings and the money people were playing for him. And we'll get to the saddest story of the day. The, uh, the Obama chef who drowned while paddleboarding on, uh, on Martha's Vineyard. They recovered his body in eight feet of water, a hundred feet from the Obama estate in a pond. And uh, someone on uh, this morning on, I think it was on Fox news said he couldn't swim. Oh yes, he could. He could swim. He could swim damn well. We can show you that, tell you about that. And a, uh, one of Ironhead's heroes retired, is announced his retirement today. And we're going to put him on the list of people no one has ever said a bad word about. He's uh, calling it quits. We'll tell you who that is and more. But first. Uh, 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 excuse me. Uh, listen up. In 2010, our debt was $13 trillion and gold was $1,000 an ounce. By 2020, $23 trillion and $1,500 an ounce. And today, $32 trillion and $2,000 an ounce. So now that we have $1 trillion in interest payments annually and another $1 trillion on defense and Democrats in office, do we really think the spending is going to go down? A surging national debt is bullish for gold. Bloomberg stated gold appears as a caged bull awaiting a catalyst. Well, the oncoming commercial real estate crisis will be that catalyst. $1.5 trillion in interest-only loans are coming due, and with vaccines plunging valuations and higher interest rates, more companies are going to just walk away. It's as simple as calling Patriot Gold Group today. Find out why they are an A-plus consumer affairs, top-rated gold and silver company nationwide. Call the proud Americans of the Patriot Gold Group today before it's too late. Mention Newsmax, and you'll get best-in-class service from Patriots protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has the no-fee-for-life IRA, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold or silver, 
Plus, you may be eligible for the No Fee for Life IRA on qualifying rollovers. Call 888-309-9181 for a free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is a consumer affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for six years in a row. Call now. Write this down. 888-309-9181. Protect your retirement with the Patriot Gold Group. All right, here's the scandal. I mean, whatever. It's another day, another scandal from the Biden White House. And I always used to say, you know, like, this must be tough being Joe Biden. I mean, being Hunter Biden's father, he's just the biggest piece of garbage. We all know he's a drug addict. He's a user. He's one of those people. We've all known him that every time you talk to him, you know, he's trying to get something out of you. You, you, I mean, he's a scam artist. He's a liar. He's a user. And, you know, when, when he called, you know, we all know these people when they call, they're not looking, you know, to connect or talk or, you know, be your friend. They want something from you. They want a connection. They want to take advantage of you. That is Hunter Biden. Every day when he wakes up in the morning or afternoon, whenever he wakes up from one of his Coke binges, his first thought is, who can I scam today? How can I make money for nothing today? That's his life. Uh, I, I say this every day, defending this piece of filth and his father is a full-time job and a really hard job. Uh, can you imagine being like one of the Biden surrogates on, on the network, being one of these, uh, whatever, Andrea Mitchell, Dana Bash, Jake Tapper, Joe Scarborough, as we played yesterday, who is just running out of ways to defend this trash family. You wake up and you find out, you read up. I mean, they probably don't read up. They just say, oh, it's not true. They're all lies. You read up on the scam this scam they came up with where Hunter Biden does his little doodles. By the way, you know, he does it with a straw. He, he blows the paint, probably the same straw he, blow, he sniffs out of, but he blows the paint onto the canvas with a straw and it's abstract art. It's not a painting of anything. It's not a nice sunset or a nice, you know, horizon, ocean, whatever boat on the water. No, it's just abstract mess on a canvas doesn't matter that it's not real art or quality art. All that matters is people will pay for it and they can use it as another way to launder money, to scam their supporters out of money in return for favors. Uh, this is from Business Insider today. They go through the, uh, the history in 2021 when a New York art gallery debuted Hunter Biden's paintings with an asking price as high as $500,000. The White House said that Hunter Biden's team had a process to carefully vet buyers and that their identities were known only to the gallery and not to Hunter Biden himself. The messaging seemed to suggest that Hunter Biden's art patrons came from a rare, came from a rarefied universe of collectors who had nothing to do with the hurly burly of politics. Keep in mind, this is business insider to the left of, you know, Atlantic or New York times. Uh, neither of those things turned out to be the case. They write Hunter Biden did in fact learn the identities of two buyers, according to three people directly familiar with Biden's own account of his art career. One of those buyers is indeed someone who got a favor from the Biden white house. The timing of the purchase is unknown. The buyer insider can reveal is Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali, a Los Angeles real estate investor and philanthropist Hirsch Naftali is influential in California Democrat circles and is a significant Democrat donor 
who has given 13,000 of the Biden campaign, 29,000 of the DNC. She hosted a fundraiser for Kamala Harris. Uh, Insider obtained internal documents from Hunter Biden's gallery showing that a single buyer purchased $875,000 of his art. Man, he does not go small. You know, Hunter Biden, when he goes in on a scam, he goes all in. Uh, In July of 2022, eight months after Hunter Biden's first art opening, Joe Biden announced Hirsch Natale's appointment to the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. It's unclear whether Hearst's purchase of Hunter Biden's artwork occurred before or after that appointment. Um, uh, but what do you get? You, you spend 875 grand, some rich person wants to be on the commission and uh, Joe Biden repays her with an appointment. And I mean, even if you didn't think there was some pay for play scam, again, you want to defend this? I'd, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear some, you know, some of my friends, Biden, Biden supporters, I'd love to ask them, do you think that someone paid $875 for those doodles, those crack doodles, because they think it's good art, a good investment? It's the most obvious scam, and there's been a lot of scams with this family. But uh, I don't think KJP was asked about this yesterday, was she? They haven't got to this yet. I think this is just breaking yesterday. She'll be asked about it, and she'll just lie like she does every day. Yesterday was a pretty... A pretty good day for KJP. She got some real tough questions, and boy, she hit him out of the park. We have that one question for KJP yesterday from this absolute bimbet of a reporter. You get in the White House press room, into that situation. You get called on. Here's your big chance. This is not a regular like person there, like you know, like like uh, Ducey or uh, uh, Hillary Vaughn or whatever, Jackie Heinrich or whatever. Even the the the. Uh, the stooges in the mainstream media. This is not a regular. This is a person who got their big day in there. Get a chance to ask the uh, White House press secretary a question. Uh, and uh, let's listen. Go ahead. Did you see Barbie or Oppenheimer this week? <laughs> I knew I was going to get that question. Um, <laughs> I did not, but it heard that it did very well. I knew I was going to get that question. Ooh. I knew, I knew it. She was asked, have you seen Barbie or Oppenheimer this weekend? Uh, and then she asked the reporter, by the way, did you? And she said, yeah, I did. I saw Barbie. That amazes me. I know I, we, we were talking about before we started recording. I know it's not for me or you, Ironhead. It just seemed so silly. The movie just seemed so ridiculous. I thought it was just going to be a niche thing for no. girls who used yeah. to love Barbie. And now they're like 20 years old and they go with their friends. It made over three hundred million worldwide. It's a huge hit, Jerry. This movie, looked, this movie is for kids and the adults that go to Disney World that wear the mouse ears. Right, right. Yeah, and now uh, somebody was uh, doing a little review. I think it was Greg Price, and he said uh, the costumes, the thing that that blew his were the costumes for the people in the audience in the theater. I, I was talking. I was t- talking three women. The other day, uh, just shooting the band uh, right outside my neighborhood here. And uh, they all said they really want to see it. And I said, you do? <laughs> You're grownups. You're adults. You want to see Barbie? And everyone's talking about the message. Like like Ben Shapiro did a review. And is it is it sexist or is it holding up the patriarchy? And I'm going, who cares? It's Barbie. It's a movie about a doll that's all these special effects and colors and bright. Uh, who, uh, <laughs> Why would a grown-up go to this? Especially if you had a choice. 
You could see Oppenheimer or you could see Sound of Freedom and you're going to go to Barbie. Maybe, maybe it's kind of an, like an acid trip kind of thing. You get all stoned out and you go see it, but uh, um, not really interested. This, that was kind of a throwaway. That was kind of a joke that you had uh, KJP talking about Barbie with that reporter, but there was also a significant moment, a pivot. One of the definition of a pivot, here it is. KJP is asked again about Joe Biden's constant lies, constant lies about not talking business with his son. He's been saying it for years. We actually, we do have a montage of that too, don't we? We sure do. Of uh, We have a month. This, this is, and, and I know he tells a lot of lies. I know when Joe Biden's lips are moving, he's lying. He just can't help himself. We've gone over it. The whatever corn pop and Nelson Mandela and driving an 18 wheeler and graduating at the top of his class and you name it. There's a million. If he's talking, he's lying. Corn pop but was me, a bad dude. <laughs> to me, the most, br- no, corn pop was the good guy. We've he ran decided. a bunch of bad boys. He, Corn Pop had a problem with that that creepy lifeguard who let the kids rub his legs. That's what Corn Pop and Corn Pop kicked his ass. Anyway, the the biggest lie, the most brazen lie, the most obvious lie has always been: I never talked to my son about his business. Never. First of all, he brags about talking to his son every day. Secondly, he's with them constantly, flying with them, vacationing with them on the plane, Camp David, Ireland, China. Um. One thing fathers tend to talk to their adult children about is work. It's kind of like the number one topic. You say, how's work? That's it. And you talk about it. What do you do? How's it going? How, you know, what's it like? That's kind of a, something every father does. To me, it was always a stupid lie. I mean, most of his lies are stupid lies, but it was so provably, demonstrably false. Of course you talk to your son about business dealings. Well, this is years later. He's been saying this, spouting this lie for, I don't know, five years. Uh, years later, and they have changed their tune. Um, uh, should we play Biden first or KJP? Uh, Biden. We, we go, okay, this is Biden. This is and just a refresher. In case you're not familiar with this constant stream of lies about him and his son and not talking business, this is quick. We'll get you caught up. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I, I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business Yes, I stand by that statement. No, I don't discuss business with my son. Bob, I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one is indicated I have. We've always kept everything separate. And I've never discussed what my son's business with him because I didn't want any conflict. I don't know what he was doing. I know he was on the board. I found out he was on the board after he was on the board. And that was it. My son's business dealings were not anything with everybody that he's talking about. Not even remotely, number one. Nothing to do with me. Why? 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 I mean, well, first of all, he says, sure, we talk, Jim, you know, you'd lie and say I'm not involved, but you say, yeah, we talk, we talk about all my kids about all their jobs. Of course, he just can't help himself. He know, again, I say this, sir, he's been in Washington for 50 years. He's been protected for 50 years. The media almost always has his back. So he thinks I'll just lie and keep on going and no one will say a word. Well, that was such a brazen lie that we now know, and we've heard from everybody. Uh, we have Hunter making calls, putting him on speakerphone with his dad. We have Hunter saying, I'm sitting here with my father. We have pictures 
of Joe with his business associates, pictures. We got first person accounts from Tony Bobolinsky of meetings involving Hunter and Joe. It was always just so obvious that he was, it made no sense to tell this lie. Well, they've pivoted. KJP was asked about, uh, about this yesterday. And I, I love the, I love the way they do this. Do we have her response? Because they say you never, uh, does your, does the president still insist that he never talked to his son about business and she says, I've been asked this a million times and listen to her an answer. It's not, she doesn't answer the question. She goes a new direction, which apparently is the plan. That is the strategy. Can we play uh, it? Yep. Let me just pull that up. It went away real quick. But she, I mean, has there been anything that she's ever spoken the truth about one time? Maybe, well, I guess Barbie for one. <laughs> That's true. She went, you know what? She's, if she's not lying, she's reading like from the binder, like someone wrote me this answer. And she knows that she's going to be asked this and she takes offense. Like I've been asked this a million times and nothing's changed. Yes, it has. You changed the answer for obvious reasons. I mean, they couldn't get away with the lie any longer. Every, even the mainstream media is asking, are you really serious? Like he didn't talk to his son. Uh, no, the answer's changed. Go ahead, play it. Um, uh, Chairman James Comer today says that the oversight committee, excuse me, has evidence that the president in the past communicated directly with foreign business associates of the son Hunter Biden many times. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. So I've been, I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? These people are, they insult you. They insult the country. They insult the voters. They, they, they just changed it. First of all, she acts like I've been asked this a million times. I'm going to say it again. And for years they've been saying he never talked to him about business. And now they know that's been proven false. He's been caught. So they flip it. They pivot, say he was never in business with his son. My prediction within six months that's going to say, well, he was in business, but he just wanted to help. It was out of unconditional love for his crackhead son. Because that's another brazen lie. Obviously, he was in business with his son. Obviously, he was making a fortune, millions in bribes and influence peddling. Uh, so they're going to have to change that. But they pivoted. Now it's he wasn't in business. So, yeah, he talked about it, but he wasn't in business. These people are just slime. They really are. All right, let's get to... Uh, we're trying to confirm, see if you can confirm that story about Bronny James for me. I know while I do the, uh, uh, the latest, uh, we get another Biden scandal. We do have another Biden scandal along with uh, Hunter selling his crack doodles. We got to get to <laughs> the Biden dog. Now, uh, Biden's, Biden's dogs are about as, uh, <laughs> about as much trouble as his kids. That family, everybody's got issues in that family. I don't know something about that family. I don't know. Did he, uh, did he take showers with commander? Um, <laughs> I think so. If you re- recall, they got rid of his old dog. He was getting, uh, you know, they're not really his dogs. They're props. He's never really spent any time with them. They certainly haven't trained him, but he had an old dog major. It was like 10 years old. They had to get rid of major. They're both German shepherds. Cause he's just like Ironhead. He wants a dog. It's like a fashion accessory to show people he's a badass. So he gets a big German shepherd. Uh, he got rid of Major because Major was biting Secret Service members in 2021. Got in a young uh, German shepherd named Commander. 
And Commander looks vicious, just looks nasty. I wouldn't, I mean, I'd cross the street to, if I saw him coming, even if he was on a leash. But Joe obviously didn't spend any time with the dog, didn't train it. The dog just is out of control. Here is the latest from the New York Post. President Biden's nearly two-year-old German Shepherd Commander bit seven people in a four-month period after his former first dog, Major, was ousted from the White House over similar aggressive behavior, according to internal Secret Service uh, communications. The shocking spate of instances involving Commander mirror attacks involving Major, as they just said, in the most serious documented incident involving Commander, the White House Physician's Office on November 3rd, 2022, referred a bitten Secret Service uniformed officer to a local hospital for treatment after the dog clamped down on his arm and thigh, according to emails. Uh, Records show Commander broke the skin of a different Secret Service member member's hand and arm weeks later after the president unleashed him outside the White House following a family movie night. This is when he was pretending to actually, you know, give a damn about this dog. The new first family headache comes after House Republicans intensify their focus on Joe Biden's role in his son, Hunter, and brother uh, James' international building business dealings in Ukraine and China. Uh, the White House did not respond for a, a request for comment on the dog bites uh, uh, this is, I want to get to this secret service guy saying that they would, that any other, if anyone else owned this dog, it would be put down immediately. It was out of control, but they needed it as a prop to pretend they're actually, you know, a normal, well-adjusted family who throws the ball and commander goes and fetches it. <laughs> what a joke. Secret service member wrote, what a joke. If it wasn't their dog, he would already have been put down breaking a uh, freaking clown needs a muzzle. I have owned a few dogs in my life. I just lost a few months ago my 15-year-old Toby. I've never had a dog bite anybody. No. I mean, you had a pit bull that didn't bite anybody, right? I had this is, no. I mean, this is, a, a, a dog bites seven people? He's right. The Secret Service agent, right? You don't have a dog that bites seven people and not put it down or not put it away somewhere. You don't have it running around the White House. This, this 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 trash family. This is like some when you read about the pit bulls killing the kids next door, and then you find out, you know, in your defense, that they, it was not trained, it was not cared for. The owners didn't care, and they they didn't worry about you know killing kids or dogs or cats. This is the problem. The owner here didn't care for it, didn't train it, just wanted it for a picture at Christmas. He just wanted to hang a stocking for Commander. They're going to do that again this year. Seven people is a lot of biting. <laughs> At some point, don't you have to take it away and like get it trained? You're the president. Uh, but I think he's a reflection on the trash family who uh, raised him. <laughs> right. Uh, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll see how much longer. I mean, the Secret Service must be frightened to be around this thing. He's scary looking to begin with. I'd be scared to be around. All right, let me do Shay, and then we'll get to the tragedy on Martha's Vineyard. And uh, is that a real, is that real breaking news about uh, LeBron James' son? It is real. Let me, let me uh, read up and uh, we will discuss. Uh, 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 Excuse me. 
As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. Let me do the pawn. This is so sad. This guy had twin boys married. By all accounts, seemed like a terrific guy. Worked in the White House. Uh, and he was so good that the uh, Obamas hired him to come to Martha's Vineyard and be their personal chef. Uh, he was uh, paddle boarding on a pond uh, next to uh, the Obama estate and drowned in eight feet of water. Uh, his name is Tafari Campbell, 45 years old, Virginia. He was employed by the Obamas and was visiting there at Martha's Vineyard. The Obamas were not present at the time. Someone from the Obama home called 911. Uh, he was paddling with a friend. Uh, the Obamas called him a beloved member of their family. In a statement, the couple said, when we first met him, he was a talented sous chef at the White House, creative and passionate about food and its ability to bring people together. In the years that followed, we got to know him as a warm, fun, extraordinary kind person. Uh, that's why we asked Tafari to stay with us. He's been a part of our lives since then. Our hearts are broken. They searched for the uh, missing paddleboard started Sunday after reports by a fellow paddleboarder that he had struggled on the surface and went under and didn't resurface. The search was paused late Sunday, but on Monday, uh, the state police said sonar from a boat located the body 100 feet from shore at a depth of eight feet. Uh, he was not wearing a life jacket, survived by his wife and twin boys. And when you first hear it, you say, this idiot, he couldn't swim, you know? That's, that's, he could, he could, uh, what's a libs of TikTok tweet immediately tweets out a video of him swimming in a pool. And he looks like a strong swimmer. I paddleboard all the time. I've never worn a life jacket because you got a paddleboard and it's attached to you. So if you fall off, you grab the paddleboard. I don't fall off. I'm not sure how good he was. Most people don't fall off. Look at this guy. He does the backstroke. I can't do the backstroke. Here he's doing a whatever breaststroke. No, he's uh, whatever you call the regular swimming. He's got flippers in this video, but look at him. Makes the turn and does the backstroke in a big Olympic pool. This guy's a stud. He, he, he could swim. I don't know. Maybe he banged his head, you know, on the paddleboard or something. Maybe we'll never know. But isn't it weird in this day and age you hear something like this and immediately you're looking at the like conspiracy theories? Oh, did he know too much? Who was he? Was he working for something? I mean, it's probably all. You know, just sense. Well, what I'm just gonna I'm gonna say is Obama is many things, but I do not think he's stupid, and I certainly do not think he's that stupid. <laughs> that if something no. were to come out like 
I don't know. Something his wife may or may not be carrying. Uh, and then maybe, trying to cover you know, it up. He, maybe he was drunk. Maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe passed. I don't know. But it just, I don't ever worry about drowning on a paddleboard. I'll probably drown on one today. But you don't, all you got to do is swim back to the board and hold on to it. Most paddleboarders don't wear life jackets. I don't think. I don't know. I guess maybe they should. Maybe they shouldn't. It was a pond. There was no waves. You know, it's one of those salt water ponds, I think, but there were no waves. It seemed like a pretty casual, you know, casual thing. Go out there and paddle around. But uh, sad, sad story. Speaking of sad stories, I, I give it to me. What happened to Bronny James? Uh, it looked like he was working out at USC and had cardiac arrest on the court and collapsed and got rushed to the hospital. Um, and do we have a condition? LeBron James' oldest son, who's you know a big star, probably not as big a star as some people paint him up, uh, make him out to be, because you know his name is Bron- LeBron James, but they call him Bronny. Uh, no word on his condition. Um, let's see. Here's the statement here. Yesterday, while practicing, Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronny and take him to the hospital. He is now in stable condition and no longer in ICU. Uh, we ask for respect and privacy for the James family, and we will update the media when there is more information. LeBron and Savannah wish to publicly send their deepest thanks and appreciation to the USC medical and athletic staff for their incredible work and dedication to the safety of their athletes. All right, my first question is, uh, is this on video? Um, Probably. Because there's nothing. Nothing more disturbing than, uh, you know, when Reggie Lewis collapsed or Hank Gathers collapsed on the court, uh, those guys didn't survive. Um, and, uh, those, the, the, you see it and you wonder if it's a heart condition, could he be, could it be the vaccine? Was he forced to get the vaccine? That's the po- Again, that's the position they put us in. We ask these questions, uh, because we're naturally skeptical after all the conspiracies theories have come true over the last three or four years. Um, but what is he? Is he 18 years old? God, yep. that is sad. Yep. You know what? You know, it'll be wild. Yes. Eight, 18 years old, uh, four-star recruit out of Sierra Canyon high school. He's, uh, he's not that tall, which is going to be a problem. And if he makes it to the NBA, I know LeBron wants to play with him in the NBA, but we still don't know yet if he's good enough to play in the NBA. Anyway, I know he can fly. I know he can dunk, but, um, you wonder, here's what will happen. It happened with Reggie Lewis. It's happened with others. Is If they find out it's a heart condition, do they say you can't play hoop? And if they say you can't play hoop, does he play anyway? That's what happened with Hank Gathers and Reggie Lewis, I believe, is they just loved the game. It was a big part of their identity, and they couldn't walk away. And they said, and they took a chance. Or in Reggie Lewis's condition, he found one doctor, Dr. Mudge, who told him he could play. Well, you know, a whole team of doctors uh Warned him against it. He went out and played and lost his life. What if Bronny James is told by a doctor, your best, you, you, you know, the best chance of survival is no more hoop. That'll be sad and it'll be wild. And I wonder if he'll listen. Probably not. I wouldn't. I mean, it's kids like this. They love it and they need it and they want it. And, you know, will he, would he just walk away? Would his father convince him to walk away? I don't know. This is just breaking. Maybe we'll know more about it tomorrow, but we will leave it there for today. Ironhead's hero, Patrice Bergeron is retiring and we're putting him on the list today of people. You never hear a bad word about that would include, I can't ever remember who we put on this list. Dolly Parton. 
Who else you, was on the list? You keep trying every single time we talk about it to sneak Tom Hanks back on, but I'm not allowed. Tom him. Hanks, but you kicked him off. But so uh, number number one's Keanu. That's true. Keanu Reeves. Never hear a bad word about him. Just nice, nice people. And uh, Patrice Bergeron seems to be one of them. Some guys you just know are genuine and nice guys because they're around forever. How long has he been around? 20 years? You've never heard a bad word about him from a person, a player, a coach. It's just uh, amazing. He is walking away. Good for him. Good for him because, uh, you know what, he's got to have all kinds of aches and pains right now, back and legs and probably having surgeries every other week. And he's going to be uh, have a little limp in his step forever. Not that it wasn't worth it. He made a lot of money and had a great career, but no reason to push it and risk further injury. And he's going out sort of, not necessarily on top, but he's not going to fade away. Didn't he win the Selkie Award again? I don't know. He wins. He wins like he, constantly. He wins that every year. I think he did. I think he had a good year. I think the team had a great regular season and a disastrous postseason. But uh, good time for Patrice to walk away. Congratulations on a amazing career. It's going to be tough. Someone's going to have to check on Dale Arnold today. <laughs> There's going to be funeral dirges on the uh, sports radio stations in Boston. The the man is walking away while he can still walk. Anyway, that will do it for today. We'll, I'm going to read up right now and see what I can learn about LeBron James' son. Maybe we'll talk about it again tomorrow, but that'll do it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. God save the queen, man. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.